moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin branch school. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. Is the ultimate source, substance, limit, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions, 
and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth, the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh for the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture this evening will be 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. And if we could start the evening with a prayer by Dr. Sasha Rachmilievich of Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you. So let's bow our hearts and minds before our Heavenly Father. And uh, Father, we thank you for giving us another day so we can come together 
in unity to learn about you. Thank you for your grace to us, for uh, keeping us focused on you, to make us understand what's really important. And most of all, thank you for coming down on this earth as Yahshua the Messiah to die for our sins so we can be made and be considered righteous in you. Thank you for your love. In Yahshua's name, let's say Alleluia. Good evening. I'll be reading First uh, Corinthians, first chapter. Paul, called to be an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah through the will of Yahweh, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of Yahweh, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Yahshua the Messiah, called to be the sons with all that in every place call upon the name of Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from Yahweh, our Father, and from the Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. I thank Yahweh always on your behalf for the grace of Yahweh, which is given you by Yahshua the Messiah, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Yahshua was confirmed in you so that ye can be behind and so that ye come behind and no gift waiting for the coming of our savior, Yahshua, who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our savior, Yahshua. Yahweh is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of the sons, Yahshua, the Messiah, our savior. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Savior, Yahshua, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. What hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am Paul, and I am Apollos, and I am Cephas, and I am of, of Yahshua. Is Yahshua divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank Yahweh that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Yahshua sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Yahshua should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of Yahweh. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? 
Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not Yahweh made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that is the wisdom of Yahweh. The world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Yahshua crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Yahshua, the power of Yahweh and the wisdom of Yahweh. Because the foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men and the weakness of Yahweh is stronger than men. For we, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But Yahweh hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And Yahweh hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath Yahweh chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Yahshua the Messiah, who of Yahweh is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in, Yah in Yahweh. Thank you. We would, like, we would like to take a moment to welcome any returning visitors and also to welcome back our visiting brethren from other branch schools. A reminder that we are streaming live to YouTube tonight as well. And with that, we will begin our lecture. Our first speaker this evening will please be Dr. Michael Josephson of the Green Bay, Wisconsin branch. Thank you. Good evening, evening everyone. Good evening. Um, I really enjoyed this scripture. Um, it just kind of kind of shows how we're just a, a head and shoulders above the world. Um, how about if we start in Start at 17. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 17. For Yahshua sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Yahshua should be made of none effect. Now this, it just is, is kind of curious. It's kind of, just the way it is, that through the foolishness of preaching, we come to have an understanding of Yahshua. Um, none of us down here went to seminary school. You know, we, we just, we came down here and we listened and we, and we, and we take to heart what we hear. Um, <clears throat> Keep going. 18. 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of Yahweh. Okay. Not that we get down into any kind of symbolism down here. We don't go around wearing crosses around our neck. <clears throat> but we do know that the cross is a symbol that, that Yah, like you know, Sasha said in his prayer, that Yahshua died for our sins. And it's not like we dwell on that either, because you know the, the Christians do that with their crosses and their crucifix. They don't, they don't, they kind of frustrate the grace that Yahshua gives us. You know, he he came to die for our sins, but it's not. It's it's it, when when he died for our sins, it, he, he 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 you know he he was he became better. We 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 realized that it wasn't in the flesh that that made anything important to him. It was what's in the spirit. Let's go to um, John four twenty three and twenty four. John 4, 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. 24. Yahweh is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, before we came down to class, this class, we had no understanding whatsoever what spirit was, and even less understanding what truth was. You know, but, but by the witnesses that we, we get down here, you know, a little at a time, part by part, we come to understand all these things. Um, If you look at the, uh, the chart here, it says on the top, Yahweh is spirit. And in, in, in that's the cloud there, which Yahweh chose to depict himself. Not that he, he you know, it, it, and we don't go around with a symbol of a cloud around our neck either. It's just that we realize that a cloud is ever changing and dynamic. And, um, and within the cloud are the attributes. There's wisdom, intelligence, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. Now, Yahweh is, it, he doesn't have these. He is these things. So, you know, he, he is ultimate wisdom. He is knowledge he is um intelligence he does you know like i say he doesn't have these things and 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 through this teaching we, we come to learn what truth is you know and um and that and we we, we learned down here that what christianity teaches is anything but the truth um 
Let's go back to the scripture reading again. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, mm -hmm. um, verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? So, you know, and, and we know, you know, that I'm, I am nothing when it comes to what's, what's in the world. You know, that does, not, that does not matter in Yahweh's purpose. What matters is what, what do I know about him? And what, you know, keep going. In verse 20, hath not Yahweh made foolish the wisdom of this world? 21, for after that, in the wisdom of Yahweh, the world by wisdom knew not Yahweh. It pleased Yahweh by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's what I was saying before. Keep going. 22. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Yahshua crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. I think it's kind of curious that it talks about the Greeks. And I, I really like what Paul did with the Greeks back there in the 17th chapter of uh, Acts. Can we get that? Acts 17. And I think I want to start at uh, the whole chapter, you know, and, and recently one of the people in our class, uh, Sarah, got some really good points in here, but I just want to start at 22. Or no, no, wait, 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 wait. Um, Started 16. 17 and 16 in Acts. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. See, you know, this is this is exactly what I was talking about. You know, people in the world right away, they they just go hog wild in the wrong direction when it comes to religion. And they they just totally miss the boat. So in Athens, there's all these statues and all this, this superstition and all this garbage, it, it, you know, which is totally against what, what really is the truth. Keep going. 17. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. You know, and, and I just think pa Paul kind of really wore his religion on his sleeve. He just, he, he, it was important to him and everywhere he went, he tried to witness to people about Yahshua the Messiah. And it, did, it didn't matter to him what people thought. It just mattered to him that he shared the truth. Keep going. 18. 
Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and we, we read seventeen. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay, seventeen. Therefore disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. See, and, and as was his custom, he always started in the synagogue because prior to his vision, he was a Jew. So he, you know, and, and you do a little bit of studying into, into, you know, he was a Pharisee. So he talked about being a Jew, but not like the Jews did. You know, he was, he was totally different about that too. Keep going. 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Others, some, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Yahshua and the resurrection. Okay, so these, these are Epicureans and Stoics. So... I, I I don't I think Epicureans are the people that you know that you 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 uh, understanding and gain knowledge of the truth through um, lavish um, yeah through their senses they enjoyed pleasure that's it thank you Sasha in the in the Stoics they were just the opposite they just they had to they deny them about, you know, you know, sort of like the sort of like the Baptists today. You know, they didn't swear and they didn't go, they didn't go to dances and they didn't have public displays of things. But you know, he, and that's just the two extremes that it's talking about here. Uh, pick it up again. He, he seems to be, it's in the middle of that, that verse. Others, some, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Yahshua and the resurrection. Okay, so, you know, and even within the Jewish faith, a resurrection was kind of a foreign term, but that didn't stop him from talking about this stuff. Keep going. 19. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? So they're, you know, he's, he's talking about all this and they bring them to their place where everybody, you know, it's like the latest thing, you know, this is the new kind of thing. We're going to go to Mars Hill and we're going to, you're, you're going to tell us all about this strange new thing. Keep going. 20. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Isn't that just like people today? You know, it's people standing around the, the what's the water, the bubbler and the, and the, oh, the, water uh, the water cooler in the office just talking about the latest new thing. Or like, like me at the gym, you know, everybody's just talking about something new. Keep going. 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Myrus Hill and said, Ye man, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Now, 
without getting into the definition of what superstitious is, the, the, the Greeks just had it all wrong. And, that, and that's, that, that's the main thing to, to, to take away from this. Keep going. 23. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. So Paul's walking around Athens and he sees this, this devotion, this thing to the unknown God. And, and he very wisely uses it to, to talk about his point. Because you know what? Once he explains what he's talking about, he chose something that all the Athenians agreed they didn't know anything about. So they had to just sit and listen. Keep going. 24. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. See, you know, and, and that would have been something kind of unusual for me when I was in the Catholic Church because, well, they're, they're you know, in... Uh, Michelle and Rick, we just went to a shrine where there were, where supposedly Mary appeared to this one girl um, who was in, in this little town in up in Robinson, Robinsonville, Wisconsin. And she, she appears in this woods to this girl who's blind in one eye for crying out loud. You know, she's, she can't even see physically. You know, it should be kind of a, but anyway, this, this, this shrine, it, it's, it's, it's really a strange place, but also everything about it, you know, and it's kind of funny too. We, we went to the shrine, then we went and we looked in the gift shop and it's kind of like Paul was. They got, they had, they had statues of everything, and it was, it was just wrong. See, because Yahweh is spirit, and you can't, you know. That's why in the commandment he said, "Don't make any strange images," because I'm, not, I, I am none of these. Keep going, or just pick that up again. Yeah. 24, I guess. 24. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Well, this, this church, this temple was definitely made with men's hands. And, you know, all the statues, men's hands. And, you know, they even, they even sold holy water and little plastic vials that you could take so that you could bless yourself of all things. How can I bless myself? Not going to happen. Okay, keep going. 25. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And, and, and where did you come from to come down here? I came from the Catholic Church, and what do we do? We, when I pray, I get on my knees on the 
on the bench and in the pew and I fold my hands pointing up to heaven and I say the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit and I don't ever mention a name. Mm -hmm. Messed up. Messed up. Keep going. 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. See, Yahweh, he didn't want us to be worshiping him, wishing, worshiping him with our hands. And he made us all. Oh, read that again. 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. So where is our, what's our, one of our aims that talks about one blood one universal two? brotherhood to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood yeah keep reading to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in yashua the messiah without distinction of race nationality creed sex caste or color yeah that's kind of saying the same thing that it says in the scripture he's making all all men giving life to all men giving breath to all men making us all of one blood to dwell in all the face of the earth. Okay, and keep going. And have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. See, and, you know, we're, we're not going to be in this physical realm forever because... Just by the fact that it's physical means that it can't be forever. Just because, because if you talk about time, time is limited. It's just, it's really messed up. Keep going. 27. That they should seek Yahweh, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Um, Karen, could you give me, I, I think maybe it's the names chart that kind of has a little bit of how I can describe what's yeah, look at the bottom there. Um, the cloud. You know, we, 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 we sometimes go, when we're, when we're in class and have a blackboard, we'll draw a cloud on the blackboard and say that this is pure spirit, like a cloud, okay? And within that cloud, um, no, I don't want to, I don't want to take too much more time here, but in, within that cloud, Yahweh appears in, as Elohim, you see number one, pure spirit. And it says Yahweh is spirit. Um, it, it's substance and uh, essence and it's formless. So it doesn't have any shape and form. It's just billowy like a cloud. And then at, at a certain point, he decides, um, let's just real quickly get a few places where it says um, in the, the word, 
Um, in the law? In, in, yeah, yeah, in the law. Okay. Um, Genesis 15 and 1. Mm -hmm. After these things, the word of Yahweh came on to Abram in a vision. See, now, this, this, this Bible is not particular and, and only our Bible. The world uses this Bible, yet they don't ever explain how this word came to Abraham. Okay? But down here, because Dr. Kinley had this vision, he could explain it. And what he said is that Yahweh took on a shape and a form. And that shape and form is called Elohim, the word or son. So when we look in the Bible and it says the word, like it says, after these things, what? The word of Yahweh came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. So this is a this is not a physical body. It's a vision. Okay? It's a vision. So this this is how Yahweh appeared to Abraham. And he said words. What did he say to Abram? Fear not. Mm -hmm. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Okay. So he, this word comes to people and he imparts an understanding, a knowledge to them. You got another word? Um, first Samuel chapter three and verse 21. Uh -huh. And Yahweh appeared again in Shiloh for Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of Yahweh. Okay. So he, he appeared in Shiloh. See, he didn't appear in Robinsonville. He appeared in Shiloh. And he explains, whenever Yahweh appears to men, he explains to them. He, and when he comes to them, guess what? He always uses their name. So when he appears to Moses, he goes, Moses, Moses. When he appears to Samuel, he uses his name so that, and, and, and wouldn't that be a way to make you comfortable? Wouldn't that make you stop and turn around and at least take notice for a minute or two? Okay. Um, that's, that's good. Let, let's, so back to the, um, Well, I'm sorry, but let's get John 1 and 1. John 1 and 1. Uh-huh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. Okay, so, and then just like I, I said, Yahweh took on shape and form. So Yahweh took his attributes, put him in a shape and a form, and spoke to mankind by Yahweh Elohim. Okay? Can you keep reading for a little bit? Two. 
The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, so Yahweh Elohim is the creator of the universe. Keep going. Four, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Uh-huh. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. See, and like I say, when he came to mankind, he imparted some knowledge to them. So, and, and you know, like the, the Hebrews back in um, in, e- in Egypt, the, the light was in Goshen. The Egyptians didn't have an understanding. They didn't have the light, especially when it came to the, the um, plague of darkness. But let's go to uh, 14, maybe. Mm-hmm. John 1 and 14. Uh-huh. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So this is Yahshua. At a certain time, at a certain prescribed time, at a certain place, he took on a physical body. Yahweh through Elohim, now is Yahshua. And, and, we, and we, we see him. Now the world kind of call it, well, what do they think? Well, they think it's Jesus, but it's really Yahshua. It's Yahweh saves his people. Wait, um, we'll get that real quick too. Is it Matthew? Matthew 1 and 21. Uh-huh. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yahshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know, it wasn't ever Jesus. He came as Yahshua. Yahweh is salvation. Okay? So... That's that's just a real basic breakdown of the Godhead. Let's go back now to to uh, Acts and finish this out, and I'll take my my seat. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're talking about one blood. That's in twenty six. Okay. Um, Acts seventeen twenty six. And hath made of one blood all nations for men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Okay. That they should seek Yahweh, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. See, so he comes and he imparts a knowledge to his people. And, and just like his people, Paul actually had a vision too. So, it, you know, it, it's not so unusual. You start looking in the Bible, a lot of people had visions. Okay, keep going. 27. That they should seek Yahweh, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So he, he comes and he, and, he, and he talks to us and he gives us an understanding and no one can take that away from us. You know, it's just, it, that's why. Read that again. 27, that they should seek Yahweh, 
if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Uh -huh. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. See, and if I can go back to that cloud just for a minute, we're in that cloud too, because Yahweh is pure spirit. The reason that we can't see him is because we're in him, okay? So we're in that cloud too. See, you know, we have a, po a point, we have a purpose, we have a reason in this, this thing that this thing that Yahweh does. Keep going. 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of Yahweh, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and men's device. Well, say, so God is not statues made of gold and silver. Okay, keep going. And the times of this ignorance Yahweh winked at, but now commands every man everywhere to repent. See, and, and I guess that's what I'm asking anybody here to, to, to take the time, realize that up to this point, may, maybe in your in your religious upbringing, you, you have to admit everything kind of came short. But in in this class, we we really do have answers. Not me personally, <laughs> but everybody in this in this uh, group together, mm -hmm. and, you know, and certain, you know, certain people have better answers than, you know, and we listen to them. I'll keep going. 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man which he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Okay, there he goes talking about re resurrection again. Okay. Five minutes, Mike. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, I won't even be that long. Keep going. 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. Okay. So Paul departed from among them. Okay. So Paul, he just... You know, he, there, there was a certain person in this class down in Madison that said that, I, I don't want to misquote that. How, how did he say that, Gail? About um, priorities? Yeah. He, he took this, this class very seriously. And he, he said that Yahshua shouldn't be your first priority. He should be your only priority, just like with Paul. It was his priority to share with the people this gospel. And I thank you for the time, and I give up the floor. Thanks. Thank you very much. Our next speaker this evening will be Dr. Sasha Rachmilievich of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? Good evening. Yes, you're clear. Great. Well, I really enjoyed what uh, Mike was talking about, and I'm 
kind of was in, inspired and I'm going to continue along the same uh, lines. So we read in the scripture reading, which is 1 Corinthians first chapter about the wisdom of this world and how wisdom of this world is uh, contrary to the wisdom of Yahweh. So just let's, let's read it again, uh, this particular verse. I'm uh, trying to find it. Well, it's 25, I think. Uh... It can be a, a can be twenty five. Uh, can be a, a twenty. Yeah, let's. Uh, Could also be in the next chapter, verse seven. Well, let's uh, go to verse twenty five, and let's go to verse seven, next chapter, or verse uh, six. And and wow, there is a lot of. Um, let's see. Well, let's go to the verse uh, 25 of First Corinthians, first chapter, and then into the second chapter, starting with verse 1. First Corinthians 1 and 25. Because the foolishness of Yahweh is wiser than men, and the weakness of Yahweh is stronger than men. And yeah, then the second chapter, starting with verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of Yahweh. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Yahshua the Messiah, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Yahweh. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of Yahweh in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which Yahweh ordained before the world unto our glory, which none right, of the... So I, I, sorry, I interrupt you for a second. So Paul is talking about the wisdom of the world and how it's different from the wisdom of Yahweh. And then he is saying in the verse 7 that we speak the wisdom of Yahweh in the mystery, which is the hidden wisdom. Does it mean that we cannot understand this wisdom? Continue on, please. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified Yahshua of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which Yahweh has prepared for them that love him. 
but Yahweh has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches so, all things. Sorry, but Yahweh, it says, but as it's written, I haven't seen and ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which Yahweh has prepared for them that love him. And we may think it's something which is going to happen uh, in the future with us when we see uh, this new age in its brilliance, which is true. But it's not only about that, it's already happened. Verse 10 says, but Yahweh has revealed them unto us. So these hidden things, we're talking about the things of his wisdom, are revealed unto us. How? By his spirit. Continue on, Mildred, please. Uh, continuing in verse 10. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of Yahweh. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of Yahweh knows no man, but the spirit of Yahweh. Thank you. We can uh, read further. It's about, you know, the same, but this is the point. You know, there is a difference between the wisdom of Yahweh, which can be known only by the spirit of Yahweh, only by the Holy Spirit. And there is a wisdom of man, which uh, uh, can be known only by the spirit of man. And uh, uh, well, we have to read further. We have to read, we'll just skip a couple of verses and Read verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of Yahweh, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of Yahweh, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of the Messiah. Right. So the natural man doesn't understand spiritual things. Now, a little testimony. Uh, before I came to class, I was raised in uh, Soviet Russia. I was raised in, as an atheist because most of the people in Russia were raised this way. They didn't believe in any God. In a way, uh, the Bible wasn't printed uh, in Soviet Union, so couldn't, uh, cannot get it uh, there. I cannot buy it uh, in the store. So, and when I came to this country and became exposed to the Bible and to the Christianity a little bit, so I thought, that, well, I was a natural man, and those people who read the Bible and who go to the church, they are spiritual men because they read the Bible. So I didn't understand the things of God because I was natural man, I was an atheist, but all church-going uh, Bible-reading people are spiritual people. And when I was reading verses like what we just read, I applied it uh, to the people, to, to the Christian people. 
now and for about it's it's uh, as I came to learn, it's not the case. You know, the people may go to church, the people may read the Bible, the people may know the Bible from the beginning to the end, the people may go to the seminary school and write the books about the Bible and get PhDs in the theology, but it doesn't mean that they have the Holy Spirit and they understand the things of Yahweh. And I will try to show you this thing. Well, uh, before doing this, uh, let me give you one or couple illustrations because it's talking about this, uh, the wisdom of the world and how it's different from the wisdom of uh, Yahweh. So what, like couple things, what the wisdom of the world uh, would say that are famous saying, which is the wisdom of the world? It's called Proverbs. And one of them uh, says, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify. This is great uh, for stock market, for example, because it's a wise thing to do. So you don't lose all your money. But as far as our creator goes, it's a wrong thing to do. As Mike said in the very end, it was a person in our uh, class, um, Dave Silver, and he did say that Yahweh shouldn't be, or Yasha shouldn't be your number one priority, he should be your only priority. For Yahweh, we have to put all our eggs or all our thoughts in one basket. Now, when they asked Yahshua, what's the great, great, uh, greatest commandment? Yahshua, quoting Deuteronomy uh, 6 and 5, said the following. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 6, start with verse 4 and then go to 5. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is one. Five. Right. And so Yahweh Elohim, Yahweh's unity in a different translation. Continue on. Yes. Five. And thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So and you should love Yahweh, your Elohim, with a part of your heart and with another part of your heart you have to love your wife and another part your job and another part your children and another part something else. No, with all your heart. You put your eggs in one basket. Does it mean that when you love Yahweh with all your heart, there is no love left for Anybody else, including your spouse, including your children, just the opposite. Because when you have the genuine love of Yahweh, which comes as a gift with the Holy Spirit, the love which you have for your spouses, it's, uh, it becomes part of this love. It's, uh, it's manifests, it spreads uh, around. It's like sun is shining and, uh, uh, you know, spreading its rays to, you know, in all different directions. 
So that's how it works. Just one illustration about the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of Yahweh. Or another wisdom of this world would say that uh, God helps them who helps themselves. So we all know this uh, saying. Now, if we look in the Bible and uh, you see the Moses chart before you, what happened with the children of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt? They came, uh, they were coming out of Egypt during this, after the Passover, and they came to the Red Sea, and they see the Red Sea before them, and they see Egyptians approaching uh, uh, behind them, and they plead uh, to uh, Moses uh, to ask Yahweh to save them, and uh, uh, Yahweh told them, uh, well, I helped you if you help yourselves. He didn't say that. He told them, don't do anything. In fact, he told them, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. Why he is doing that? Because he is the Savior. He is the only uh, Savior. He said, I am the Savior and my glory I don't give to another, we can read in Isaiah. Now there is a uh, 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 teaching uh, in the Christian world called uh, synergism. And this teaching is saying that the salvation is the synergy between man is doing his part and God or Yahweh is doing his part. And that's how salvation is coming uh, uh, about. But this is the world's wisdom. And this is a Christian wisdom. Christian wisdom is the part of the world's wisdom. It's not the part of the spiritual wisdom as I thought before coming to class. Let's read, uh, for example, Ephesians 2, eight and nine. Ephesians two and eight. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh. So it's not, not of yourselves. It's not a part of you. It's a gift of Yahweh. You're saved by faith and the faith, it's not your faith. I heard preachers uh, uh, on TV asking or in the church asking people to pray for faith and make a decision to believe in Jesus. Well, you can make decision to believe in Jesus. This will be your faith, but it's a, it's a faith of the world. It's not faith of Yahweh. There is a wisdom of the world. There is a faith of the world. There is a salvation of the world. There is a baptism of this world and so forth. And there are spiritual things of Yahweh. I'll pick it up again, uh, Nildred. I'm sorry for interrupting you. And read 8 and 9 uh, again. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. For we are right. his workmanship. So, right, so for the sake of time, it's not of works, and if you, you can go through uh, different stories in the Bible, and you can see that the name Yahshua is being glorified and proclaimed. Why? Because it means Yahweh is salvation. It doesn't mean uh, Yahweh and man are salvation in a, a synergism with each other. Now, what I would like to do uh, next, I would like to kind of show uh, the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of Yahweh uh, as far as Christianity goes. Because Mike, the first speaker, he made a statement and uh, he said that uh, uh, the Christianity doesn't know the truth. Now, this is a very uh, serious statement and uh, we have to be able either to prove it or disprove it. So I would like to show you some uh, witnesses to what's being said or to give another illustration of the wisdom of the Christian world versus wisdom of Yahweh. Uh, uh, Karen, may I share the screen, please? Thank you. So I'm going to show you the uh, PowerPoint. So let me know if you're if you see it on your screens. Yes. Topic so Christianity in class. Thank you. That's what I'm going to talk about. You know, when uh, Michelle or somebody, when I will have five minutes left, you let me know because I can try to jam it in uh, whatever time I have. I think I have about 20 minutes or so, or I can make it longer. So thank you about 10 minutes right now. Oh, that's all I have. Wow, that's tough. He has so we'll still 823. Closer to 15. 823, he's done. 823, so I'll I'll try to be prompt. Okay. So let's take topic names in Christianity. They say uh, praise uh, Lord, God, uh, Jehovah, they give the name of Jehovah and Jesus. And here in class, we use Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. Now with every uh, topic, every line I'm showing you, and I'm not going to finish it because I cannot do it in uh, 15 minutes, I would, this is, would be like a, a preview of what we're doing in class because with each of these topics like names, we can give a two hour lecture and show how Lord and God are erroneous titles and how Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua are true and correct names. Uh, for the simplicity of it, as we say in moderation, it cannot be Jesus or it cannot be Jehovah instead of Yahweh because it was no letter J in Hebrew, Greek, or English alphabet. There is more to it. Now, who is God? 
In Christianity, they say he is Trinity. In class, we show its unity. We already read Deuteronomy 6 and 4, showing that it's unity. And there are examples of this. Now, the wisdom of the Christian world saying, explaining Trinity, that, uh, and uh, Mike touched upon it, that Trinity is uh, three in Godhead. This is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son. There are three different persons. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father, but each of them is God. And they don't have examples for the Trinity. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Washington, D.C., and I took pictures in the National Museum of Art. So this is the statue of about 14th century. And this is a sculpture of Trinity. That's how people depict Trinity. Now, this is God the Father, who is sitting on the throne. You can recognize Jesus on the cross. And if you look closely above Jesus, it's a dove. So that's the picture of Trinity. Three different persons in uh, Trinity. Now, uh, the divine wisdom, which was given by the Holy Spirit through the divine vision and revelation, saying that it's one spirit, in, invisible as a pure spirit, as Yahweh, in shape and form as Elohim, and Yahshua, the Messiah, who is the spirit in shape and form. And uh, the first speaker already went in the first John, first chapter, and uh, told you how it's uh, how it described there. Now, what are the witnesses? Like one of the witnesses after many witness is the states of the water. Water can be in gas, gaseous state, in a liquid state, in a solid state, which uh, would be likened to abstract, intermediate, and concrete, which is showing forth Yahweh in his abstract state, Elohim in the intermediate state, or Yasha in the concrete state. But it's one in the same molecule. It's not three different persons or substances. It's one uh, substance. So there is more to it, but I'll skip it for the sake of time. The question, where is God? Uh, in uh, uh, Christianity, at least in some uh, denominations of Christianity, they say God is in heaven. He is on throne in heaven. And there are pictures of uh, God being in heaven. Now, first speaker read you in uh, uh, Acts 17th chapter, verse 28, that we live, have, and move and have our being within Yahweh. So he is everywhere, and he is in us as well. Take another uh, topic. I just want to show you, whatever topic you say, what, whatever topic you take, really, what the wisdom of this world, or in the Christian world, with, uh, we are talking about now, is 180 degrees opposite of what we teach in this class 
And it's, we don't teach it because we want to be different. We teach it because that's true. And there are witnesses to it. And we can go in the book. I'm just giving you a, a, a snapshot of uh, what is being taught or kind of giving you a real uh, quick review. So what's the purpose of man? The uh, Christianity, different forms of Christianity, including Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, who don't consider them being Christians, but you know, they teach, they teach that the purpose of man is paradise on earth, that God created man uh, in the, uh, on paradise on earth in the garden of Eden, and uh, he didn't want uh, people to sin. Uh, he, he wanted people to live forever on the paradise of, on earth. But because people sinned and uh, God didn't know this would happen, he had to uh, devise different uh, plans of uh, uh, salvation for this man with this purpose to get him back on this paradise on earth. Now we teach in class that it's actually different. It's not to be in paradise on earth, but it's to be in kingdom of Yahweh. Now what's the difference between the state of Adam in, para, in, uh, in the garden of Eden and between the state of the believer in the kingdom of Yahweh. And we can be in the kingdom of Yahweh even now, because in Romans 14th chapter and verse 17 saying, then the kingdom of Yahweh is not meat and drinks, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, Adam didn't have righteousness, peace, enjoy in the Holy Spirit in, uh, in the garden because he didn't have this Holy Spirit. And uh, why? How would I know that? Because at that state, he didn't have, uh, he didn't uh, uh, know his uh, creator. And uh, to be in the kingdom, or to have eternal life, according to Romans 17 and 3, it's to know the Creator. So, and uh, we are, if we receive the Holy Spirit after uh, hearing the foolishness of preaching, as it says in the scripture reading, when we hear it, we are being translated in the kingdom. Why don't we read it in Colossians 1, probably start with verse 18 and go to verse 13. Colossians, Colossians 1, 1, 1, 1, 1 and, oh. oh, yeah. Okay, 1 and 11. Mm -hmm. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, and to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light, who hath delivered us 
from the power, <coughs> power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Right. So he didn't say who will deliver us from the power of darkness and will translate us into the kingdom. There is another thing about the kingdom in the Christianity. They think that it's in the future, that people are not in the kingdom yet. According to Paul, and that's what we teach in class, because that's the wisdom of Yahweh or spiritual wisdom, we have been translated into the kingdom or we can experience righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit now. Uh, who is the Messiah? That's another topic. According to Christianity, he is the second person of the Spirit, of, of the Spirit, of the Trinity. And uh, according to what we teach in class, what was shown to Dr. Kinley, and what was all originally in the book, it's Yahweh in the flesh. I just remind you what uh, the first speaker was talking about. Uh, can, some, can somebody read uh, John 1 and 1? Or I can quote it, in the beginning was the word, and this is the word, so it's Yahweh Elohim, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. And then it's talking about this word creating heaven and earth. And in verse 14, we read, and this word, who is Yahweh, the same spirit, and this word was made, was made flesh. Was made flesh. Dwelt, among, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of so, grace uh, and truth. Yeah, he is not separate from the Father, but he is the same spirit in a sonship degree, which I understand needs more explanation, but, you know, I'm just giving this overview uh, 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 lecture contrasting the spirit of the Christian world with the uh, spirit uh, uh, with the wisdom of the uh, world with the wisdom of uh, Yahweh uh, let's see what was his purpose what was Yahshua's purpose in Christianity they say they came to institute now, I know it from my own experience. I went to the church when I was going to the churches shortly after coming to class. Uh, and I asked, uh, why do people need to get water baptized? The answer was given to me because Jesus instituted it. Now, in class, we teach that he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill all this Old Testament ways of worship. Now, the baptism or washing, it's nothing else but Old Testament way of worship. John the Baptist, who baptized the believers, including Yahshua, he baptized under this Old Testament, uh, you know, uh, in the Bible. And when we read something about baptizing under this uh, 
New Testament, why, why don't you today, uh, go to the scripture reading and uh, read about it in 1 Corinthians 1 and 14. So Apostle Paul, who received the Holy Spirit, he is uh, saying to people the following. People will still follow the traditions and they, it was a righteous thing to do back then to get water baptized. But that's what Paul had to say. First Corinthians 1 and 14. I thank Yahweh that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For the Messiah sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of the Messiah should be made of none effect. So Apostle Paul saying that Yahshua didn't, say him, uh, didn't send him to baptize to the preach of the, but to preach the uh, gospel. And he's thanking Yahweh that he didn't baptize uh, many people because it's not the mission to baptize. If baptizing people was so righteous thing to do, Apostle Paul won't uh, say this uh, words. What's uh, uh, people uh, in the world talking about the resurrection of Yahshua? Well, the people teach that he resurrected in a physical body. Now, if uh, people don't teach that Jesus or Savior resurrected in a physical body, it means they are not uh, Christians. But if we read the scriptures, the scriptures don't teach that he resurrected in a physical body. The apostle Paul who was filled with the Holy Spirit, saying that he resurrected as a life-given spirit. Uh, let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 45. I know, I look at the clock, I have a couple minutes left. 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Yes, the last Adam, and this is Yahshua the Messiah. He was made the quickening spirit or life-given spirit because after his uh, uh, resurrection, he ascended unto heaven and he didn't, doesn't sit in heaven in his physical body, but he gave his spirit because he resurrected as, a, resurrected as a quickening spirit, and he gave his spirit to those who believe, including you and me, who can hear the gospel being preached and believe this gospel. Then we become recipients of the Holy uh, Spirit, and uh, then we can really understand and the uh, hidden uh, things of Yahweh or what those things which he revealed to those who love him. And all these things we are talking about 
and time like in the middle of uh, this presentation because the time is up. But all these things on the right chart would be a foolishness for the people in the world who don't know God, who are atheists, would be foolishness for me who didn't know any uh, God, any Bible. And there are also foolishness for uh, many religious people who come to class, who hear the lectures and they turn away. But thanks be to Yahweh, there are many people who come in class from Christianity and there are people who are listening right now in this uh, virtual uh, class who came to class and Yahweh has changed the, our beliefs and converted us from erroneous thinking from the wisdom of this world to the wisdom of Yahweh or to accepting and understanding the truth. With these words, I thank you for your attention and uh, praise and glory be to Yasha. Thank you. Our final speaker of the evening will please be Dr. Dennis Volpe, Dean of the Oceanside, California branch. I want to say good evening to everyone. And I want to say that I thought that Mike and Sasha really did a beautiful job laying out aspects of this divine vision and revelation of the founder and the difference between what they had in the world versus what they now understand. Now, I just want to take it right from that point where Sasha left off. And I want to say this, as I was sitting there listening to what was being expressed here uh, by Sasha in his uh, PowerPoint presentation, it was I was reminded of this, that there is a aspect of this teaching that we're all basically taught when we first come in the door. And it is paramount for you to come to this recognition and realization in order for you to understand the purpose of Yahweh. And that is that the natural things, everything that's physical and natural, is a type and shadow or allegory of something spiritual. Nothing that is in the physical creation is spiritual. It is an example. Now, if people could understand that, they would find that their whole beliefs and their uh, uh, doctrinal uh, views would be absolutely changed 180 degrees. Now, what people do in the world is this. They read the Bible. They do not have the purpose of Yahweh. They don't know it. And so they see things that God commanded man to do at some point, and what the people there, how they lived, and particularly I'm going to key in on this chart here, this uh, covenant that was given from Mount Sinai. Now, when Yahweh brought the Israelites up out of the land of Egypt and gathered them around the mountain, here's something that we were never taught as I was being raised as a Catholic uh, in parochial school. We were taught the Ten Commandments. 
We were taught to do things that were supposed to be uh, uh, spiritual things that, that God wanted us to do. Now, first of all, the founder of this school took us right in the Bible and expressed to us that you have to understand that there is a covenant that is being given back here at the time of Moses to his people, to the people that he swore to their forefathers that they would he would uh, uh, be their Elohim. And that is the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, when he brought those people out there, that covenant was only given to the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what we commonly refer to as the Jews, but uh, accurately the Israelites. That covenant was not given to Greeks. It was not given to Italians. It was not given to Russians, Germans, or anybody else. It was given to the Israelites or the Jews only. Yahweh never asked anybody to do any of those things back there that uh, was given from Mount Sinai to anybody other than the Israelites. Now, what they don't recognize is, get me for a minute, uh, if you would, the uh, uh, ages chart, if you wouldn't mind. Now, in this chart here, we find out that our Creator has three primary ages that uh, He sets up before the advent or the coming of the Messiah. The first age is called the creative age, where the angelic and physical creation was actually made. That age ended with Adam and Eve being sent forth out of the Garden of Eden for their transgression. The second age is called the antediluvian age, the age before the flood, that ended, of course, with the flood and then the subsequent landing there of Noah's Ark and the starting of a new age, which is called the post-Diluvian Age. Now, all of these ages, what Yahweh is doing is he is setting up his purpose in types, shadows, and allegories, physical things. Now, I want to turn your attention to what we used to call our theme song in this school. Go to Romans 1, 19 and 20. And I want you to recognize that if you can get Romans 1, 19 and 20, uh, if you can get that understood, if you can grasp that, and it will guide your understanding further from that foundation how the purpose of Yahweh works. And once you catch on to this, you'll realize that there is a manifestation and a principle. Go ahead and read Romans 1, 19 and 20, please. Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. Stop right For there, Yahweh... Mildred. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. I don't mean to be rude. Uh, but listen, what she just read is, because that which may be known of Yahweh. Point one, most Christians, I was taught you cannot know anything about God until after you go to heaven. We just have to believe that there's a God. Now, Paul is indicating that something can be known. Now, known means something that you are assured of and something that you are conscious of and something that you can describe and explain. 
Now he says, whatever can be known, and I'm just going to put it this way, because that which may be known of Yahweh is because he manifested himself to somebody. Now, you cannot know Yahweh without a manifestation. Now listen, uh, I'm sorry, back over to the Moses chart again. Now one of the things we try to get you to understand that was discussed tonight is that Yahweh exists in a state that is pure spirit. In that state, he is pure principle. There are, now listen, there are no manifestations in pure spirit. It is pure principle. And that principle cannot be understood, comprehended, or, uh, if you will, imagined up on, however you want to look at it, by you in a state of non being non-spiritual. As, as uh, Sasha talked about what he thought was spiritual, what was, uh, you know, uh, not spiritual when he first came to this country and his thinking, and it's been revolutionized by this teaching. Now, Yahweh in that state cannot be scrutinized. He's inscrutable and he's incomprehensible because he's pure principle. And there's no manifestations in pure spirit. Now, what he had to do to make himself known is he had to manifest his own self, which is pure principle. Therefore, everything he's going to do in the purpose, from the time that he executes the beginning of the purpose, he is going to manifest something about himself that cannot be known in that state of pure spirit. Because it is abstract principle. Now, what he does when he manifests it he lays out all these things that he creates or makes along with the operation of his purpose in manifestation. Now, I'll go back to Romans 119 again, please, Mildred. 119. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them. Right there is a key point. You can't even know the manifestation of Yahweh unless he shows that to you. Unless he reveals it to you, you cannot understand even the manifestations. Now listen, uh, I'm not going to have you get it because I'm fighting the clock already, obviously. And I want you to just quote these things and you can look them up yourselves. In Psalms, the 19th chapter. David said that the heavens declare the glory of Yahweh, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night shows forth knowledge. Now, all of us were living in this creation before we came down to this class. Did you hear the speech of Yahweh in the creation? Did you see and understand how the creation was reflecting spiritual principles before you walked in this door? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. None of us did. Because we are deaf and we are blind. And there's a, there's a prophecy that says, Bring me the deaf and the blind, that I may give them sight. Now, what I want you to know, when Joshua healed the, the maladies of the blindness and deaf and all those kind of things, that was a manifestation 
of the fact that we, with good eyes and uh, uh, good hearing, were deaf and blind spiritually. And we needed to be healed from that malady. Now, here the creation was screaming to us, Yahweh. Everything about the physical universe is a demonstration or a manifestation of him in his pure essence, spirit principle. Now, what happens is, he said, that in them Yahweh hath set a tabernacle for the sun, and there is no place where their voice is not heard. Now, what I want you to know is, we have to be taught the language of spiritual principles. It's a language. You have to learn that. And listen, when you walk in the door, it's a foreign language to you. So therefore, you have to be taught how to speak spiritual principles. It's a heavenly language. And we have to teach you how to know the language that the creation is speaking and the language that your Bible is speaking. Because it's not telling you about the universe. It's not telling you about uh, 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 Noah's Ark or the lamb that was slain on the uh, 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 day of uh, Pentecost, uh, not Pentecost, Passover. It's telling you through those manifestations about some spiritual operation of Yahweh and his purpose. We have to learn how to use Romans 119 and 20 in order to come to a knowledge of how Yahweh actually is and truthfully exists. And I'm going to repeat 19 that I'm going to have her read from there. Now listen, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has showed it unto them. It has to be shown to you. Our founder knew the scriptures, just like Paul, from cover to cover, and never understood any parts of it. And the same thing with Paul the Apostle. Now when Yahweh caught him up into that vision there in the realm of eternity and showed him a panoramic vision of his purpose coming down through ages and dispensations of time, his whole understanding of what he thought he knew was revolutionized. And as Paul said, all the things that he thought he knew, he counted them as dung. And that's what our founder had to do. He had to understand that every thought, every idea that he had about God, everything he thought he understood about the Bible, he said he never had a right thought in his life. He was completely wrong. And he said that his whole understanding had to take a 180 degree turn in order for him in order for him to now recognize just how much darkness he was in. Now, what I want you to know is that Bible is saying something different than what the theologians that go get a, a PhD, as Sasha was talking about, in, in uh, well, I'll call cemetery school. You call it whatever you want. But the bottom line is only through vision and revelation can you know something about Yahweh in pure spirit, that pure principle? You will not be able to put together what those manifestations are speaking to you without the operation of the Holy Spirit revealing it. Now, 20, please. 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now listen, the invisible things of Yahweh is the inscrutable principle. It's invisible. It can't be scrutinized. can't be seen. can't be understood. That is the inscrutable principle that Yahweh is in that pure spirit state. That Because the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Well, how does that happen? Read, Mildred being understood by the things that are made. Now, the way that we understand those principles is by understanding the things that he made. Not understanding, you know, the composition of rock, for an example, but understanding the manifestation of the composition of rock. That's what's important, is how it's manifesting a spiritual reality or principle. Now listen, he said, for the invisible things of him, right from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. Now invisible means you can't see it. Now Yahweh in pure spirit is inscrutable. You can't see him. But he can be clearly seen by understanding what he made. By understanding the manifestation to the extent of what principle it's trying to get you to see. Now, if you can wrap your brain around Romans 1, 19 and 20, you won't have a, a hard time whatsoever to comprehend how Yahweh's purpose works and to know him as he actually is and truthfully exists. Read, uh, read 20 again, please, Mildred, the whole, the whole verse this time. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and supernal nature. Now listen, so he just described something that is not visible. He said because you can even understand the extent that your Mildred was about to read, that you're without an excuse. Is that right, Mildred? Correct. Right. We don't even have an excuse for it. Why? To understand power. Power is an attribute. You can't draw me a picture of power. You can't tell me how big it is. You can't tell me the color of it, the shape of it, nothing. It's an attribute. And his supernal nature, well, what is that? Yahweh's nature is a composition and uh, uh, operation of spiritual attributes, of intelligence. You can't see intelligence, knowledge. You can't see knowledge. You can't see wisdom. You can't see love. You can't see justice. You can't. You need those things manifested for you to comprehend what the divine nature is. But what he creates demonstrates those attributes so that by the demonstration, we now can understand something about Yahweh's very nature. And to know something about his nature and for you to understand his nature, that is your glory, ladies and gentlemen. Watch. Uh, get me Jeremiah 9.23, please. Jeremiah 9.23. Thus saith Yahweh, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Now listen, we read in our scripture tonight about the wisdom of man. Man's wisdom. Well, there are people out here that are pretty high in themselves thinking they're really wise and they're really smart. 
Well, listen, don't glory in that you got education uh, from a, uh, you know, from a college, you got a PhD. That's not your glory, ladies and gentlemen. Don't glory in that. He said, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Read. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Read. Let not, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Read. But let him that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahweh, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the now earth. Now that's our glory, ladies and gentlemen. That is our glory that we know and understand him and that we understand his loving kindness and his righteousness and his nature, his divine attributes. That is our glory. That's what is going to shine at the end of this age when these physical bodies are all dissolved in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, as we read in, in 1 Corinthians 15 there, 55 or 53, wherever it is. The point is, that's our glory, that we know him. And listen, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to gain as much knowledge of our Creator as po that is uh, that'll be that is possible for us to have, and so we come to these classes to learn of Yahweh, to learn another thing about that supernal nature, about that 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 pure principle that we can now become more and more conscious of Him as these revelations start to uh, materialize in our heart and mind. That's what we're doing down here. And why is that important? Because according to what it says in your Bible, we used to think that the way to heaven was for you to be really good, a good person on earth, and that God will say, well, you're a good person, so you can go, you can go to heaven and you can enter into my kingdom. Well, here's the problem. You don't get in the kingdom after you die. You have to be in the kingdom before you die. Now look, Paul said, Colossians, the first chapter, please. I want you to get uh, uh, Colossians. I want you to start with giving thanks unto him that has delivered us from the power of darkness. And we'll read down a little bit further from there. Um, that is in first, or Colossians 1 and 12. Thank you. Giving thanks unto the Father, which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Now listen, the inheritance is for us to be sons in light. Now you know what light is? Understanding. When you don't understand something, you go, geez, I'm in darkness. Uh, somebody asks you about a subject matter that you don't really grasp, and you go, geez, I'm really in darkness. But once you catch on, oh, I see the light. That's an expression we all use. Well, to be a son in light means that you know Yahweh as he actually is and truthfully exists. And that is an inheritance, meaning it is given by... Uh, listen, when you receive an inheritance from a natural standpoint, your name is put into that will. I'll, I'll, let's, for the sake of the story, talk about your father. Your father had amassed a... Uh, empire, a fortune. And what he's doing now is he's going to name you as an inheritor to receive a part of that inheritance. Now that name was put in there by your father according to his will, not your will, but his will. 
and you become a partaker then of that inheritance. Now here he said that we might be uh, partakers of the inheritance as sons in light. The inheritance is for us to be glorified and have a knowledge of our creator that is our glory. Now keep reading, please, God. I want to get to another part. 13, who, ha who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. All right, now we've been delivered from the power of darkness so that we can be translated to the kingdom of his dear son, right? And hath translated oh, us. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Paul said that you have been translated. He has translated. When he said that, was he talking to dead people in the seance? No. <laughs> he was talking to people that were walking and breathing. Let's put it that way. They mm -hmm. didn't die and go to heaven and then get this. They have been translated while they're still in the physical body into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, we think the kingdom is coming at the end of the world, that we're all going to go to heaven. That's the kingdom. What you don't know is the don't realize is that the kingdom started on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, when the apostles began to preach the true gospel, souls were being recipient of the Holy Spirit, and they were instantly translated into the kingdom of the of our dear son, of his dear son. Now listen, let me say this. We thought the kingdom was a place, uh, whatever you imagine heaven to be. It was going to be a place where you lived in a, in a mansion or a, a castle or uh, streets paved with gold and you were going to be able to play golf and every day's a gorgeous day weather-wise. You can eat as much as you want, not gain weight. You won't get old and age. All those things people think that's what heaven is. But this is what Paul said. Paul said the kingdom of heaven is not meats and drinks but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, is to be in the Holy Spirit in a state of righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, those 120 that were in that upper room, when they began and they came out and Peter began to speak, they thought he was drunk on a new wine. And they thought, well, it's only nine in the morning. Can he be drunk already? What they didn't know is he was experiencing so much joy, so much peace. You understand? That was flowing out of him. He was now in that kingdom and he began to preach and it was just coming out of him like water coming out of a fountain uh, to people that are parched. He was he was uh, uh, preaching the gospel to those dry souls, those dry bones, those dead bones talked about in Ezekiel. I'm talking about dead souls. The bones are a manifestation of a spiritual soul. And that water, that living water began to flow from their mouth. That's And Yahshua said, he that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, Paul said he wasn't sent to baptize. That is a paradoxical statement. What he meant was, I wasn't sent to put you down in H2O in water and dunk you under the water. He said, I was sent to preach. That's what he said. Now, here's what Christianity hasn't figured out. They say that you can't be saved unless, you can't be saved if you're not baptized. 
and you can't receive the Holy Spirit. Well, if Paul wasn't sent to baptize, but he was sent to preach, what would that accomplish if they weren't baptized first? Well, guess what? As it turns out, the true baptism, the spiritual baptism, is for you to be immersed in the knowledge of the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Not in water. The word baptize means to immerse. And when they began to preach that name Yahshua, and that name Yahweh to the people, that name inundated their heart and mind. They were immersed in that name. And listen, he was baptizing them with living water when he preached the gospel. Not physical water, but living or spiritual water. So all of us have been sent to baptize, ladies and gentlemen, in ultimate reality. We baptize at every class. And listen, you have to be baptized in order to receive the Holy Spirit. We read in our scripture reading tonight that he by uh, that uh, Yahweh, by the foolishness of preaching, set that up for those to be saved that believe. Now, what I want you to know is that the foolishness of preaching, people would think, well, what, why do they got to do it that way? Why can't he just zap you with the Holy Spirit? Well, that's just not the way it works. It's by the spoken word. The Messiah, when he told the people back there to drink his blood and eat his flesh, they were absolutely sickened by it. Later, he had to explain to them, I'm not talking about my physical body or my physical blood. He said, look, the flesh doesn't profit anything. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, Yahweh, by the foolishness of preaching, by the words of the Messiah, the words of the Holy Spirit coming forth, is going to water a man's soul with living water and bring him from a dry state, a dead state, back unto life. That's the spiritual operation of spiritual water baptism that every minister has now been sent forth to do. And that's why in Matthew 28, 19, he told the apostles, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That was the first part of the commandment, to go teach them. Bap well, what should I teach them? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. He didn't say baptizing them in water. He said immerse them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that's what we do down here. We inundate you in the name of Yahweh and Yahshua so that when you are going to need, you're going to need that help. You're going to need to call on him. You call on the right name. Because Paul, when they, I mean, Peter, when they healed a, 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 a man that was crippled and they arrested him and they wanted to know, well, what power, by what name did you heal this man? He said, be it known unto you by the name of Yahshua of Nazareth was this man healed. He said, and there is no salvation in any other name. There's no salvation in the name of Henry Clifford Kinley. There's no salva salvation in the name of the Eli uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. There's no salvation, you follow, even in the name of Yahweh or Elohim. Salvation is only in the name of Yahshua, which happens to have the name. The name Yahshua means that Yahweh is salvation. 
So when you're preaching Yahshua, you are inundating them in the fact that Yahweh is salvation. These manifestations are leading you to the spiritual understanding of the spiritual principles of the operation of the divine purpose. And it is imperative that you learn how to see a manifestation and then not stop there, but be able to recognize the spiritual principle that it's trying to get across to you. And that comes, again, by revelation from the Holy Spirit. He's revealing to us those principles, ladies and gentlemen. And the world is hung up on manifestations. They want to stick you in the water. They want you to uh, eat the Passover supper. They want you to have communion. Uh, they want you to bless yourself with physical holy water that is loaded with pollutants, by the way. Somebody took uh, holy water out of a Catholic church and had it analyzed, and it had all kinds of pollutants and bacteria in it. And people are sticking their fingers in there and blessing themselves when they go into the church thinking that water is going to give them eternal life. And it's not. It's a manifestation. It's not the reality. Under this new covenant, now the old covenant was set up at Mount Sinai and that had to come to an end because it was a covenant setting up type shadows and allegories. And after 1,500 years, Yahweh had set up in his purpose that he would bring that to an end when the fullness of time came. And the Messiah came in here not to institute the Christian practices that were things that were under the Old Covenant, by the way. They had baptism under the Old Covenant. They had suppers under the Old Covenant. All that stuff was already set up at Mount Sinai. He came in to fulfill or end those forms of worship. And the New Covenant, the New Testament, didn't start till the day of Pentecost. Not when Jesus was born, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. That was the beginning of a spiritual new covenant where all of those physical forms of worship are no longer valid now under this covenant. You must partake of the spiritual reality now of what those things were pointing to. And if you're not partaking of it, you will not, you will not, ladies and gentlemen, be saved by practicing the things that they did back there at Mount Sinai. It didn't give them eternal life, and it's not going to give you eternal life either. And you have to come to that recognition because your, your life depends on it. And our founder told us that before he had this vision revelation, he himself could not reconcile many things that he read down in the Bible. He didn't know how to answer some of the very questions that he had because they were contradictory in nature to what it says in the Bible, the practices they were participating in in his Christian church that he was assistant pastor. Now, what I want you to know, though, is when Yahweh opens this up to you, the beauty lies in the simplicity of this teaching once you catch on to it. That's why it's important for you to come to class and hear the gospel preached by many different ministers that'll get up here and give you their testimony. Nobody knows the whole story. Every one of us have a portion, a part of it, and every one of us are going to be moved by the Holy Spirit to share what has been shown and revealed to us. And the more you hear, the more you're going to gain. The more you gain, the more, the more real Yahweh becomes, and the more you understand uh, how to divide between a manifestation and spiritual reality. And all I can tell you is, 
Uh, Dr. Kinley said, come to class and learn all that you can because you're going to need it down at the end. So participating in these Zoom lectures, going to a, a natural class if you have an opportunity, as long as it's obviously not uh, a, a situation where the government is closing it down because, because of COVID fear, fears. The point is you can get knowledge on, online, you can get it in the classroom. I say do both if you have that opportunity. And you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now tonight, we're not assembled in the same room. We're assembled in the spirit we are assembled in the spirit right now in our heart and mind in heavenly places. And if you feel, well, gee, it, class isn't right unless it's in a physical room with everybody congregated, you're missing it. The congregation now is being caught up in the spiritual understanding of the words that are being spoken. And when all of us collectively are caught up, we are forming that spiritual body of Yahshua and we are partaking of the Passover. I hope something I said made sense. I hope you got something out of it. I rushed it. All I can tell you is stick with this thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's a, it'll just uh, uh, enrich your lives. It'll give you strength to endure in these hard times. So love one another. Peace in Yahshua. Thank you for the time. I'll hurt, turn it back to the moder moderator. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for, jo for joining us this evening. We hold Zoom classes every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you will join us again. Now to be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Good night.